0: Up guys, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Max McCoy. Today's guest, he is a running coach, a personal training coach. He's a business owner. He's a podcast host. But why I had him on today, he actually is a goal execution coach. So he literally helps people accomplish their goals. And for me, that sounded super interesting. I couldn't wait to pick his brain. I feel like a a good lived life is when you're able to do the things that you want to do, and a big part. The goals you have for yourself. And so we break it down. You can tell how Brett is methodical with how he helps his clients achieve their goals, and I tried to pick all the wisdom out of his brain for this podcast for you guys. So I hope you enjoy. An additional thing before we get going is I actually launched a podcast course. It's called How to Start Your Own Podcast um, or How to Start a Podcast One-on-One. I get so many questions from you guys about starting a podcast, about mic options, about hosting, about the strategy, about what to name it, about how to become a better speaker, all these different things. I basically just didn't have the time to answer each each individual as much as I wanted to with, with as much depth. Uh, and so I made a course and right now it just launched this week. I'm really excited about it. Uh, I had my team help me out with it. So we got a ton of tech videos. We have a ton of strategy videos, uh, PDFs, homework. And then you get actual one-on-one support from me and my team. You get access to a private Facebook group full of podcasters. Um, I think this podcast course is really cool. It's the course I wish I had when I was starting a podcast. For all those people uh, interested in starting a podcast who are on the fence, I definitely recommend you check it out at least. uh, And let me know what you think. Let me know if you have questions. That's all the house cleaning work I got. Let's get into this podcast with my man, Brett Gornick. Mr. Brett, my man, thanks for joining me super excited to be
1: on here max can 't wait to uh to get into it
0: sweet. so we were just talking about how you wear a lot of hats you' you're a training coach you do yoga, but you're also a goal execution master you have your brand but today we're talking about goals so tell me like i guess in that respect what's your what do you say you can help people with what is the uh, the result you like to bring to your clients
1: so um, yeah, first of all, I, I definitely do wear a lot of hats, so for <laughs> me goal setting is uh is extremely important to yeah to keep me on track within all of those different avenues. If if you look at what I do on paper, um it would look really spread thin, but then if you met with me in one of those things, whether it's teaching a boot camp or a yoga or a one-on-one session, you would just see how intimate um I make every one of those experiences. Mm. And the only way I can do that really is by by setting goals and then executing. So writing them down is is sometimes the fun part. Um and does take a lot of effort, definitely, um, but getting them done is important. So one of the big things for me when I'm coaching a client, um, so say I'm doing a coaching call, I break it up into three main sections. Uh, the first section is really just understanding where the client's at. So if I've been training them for a year or it's our first call, they're at where they're at at that point. So I'm always meeting somebody where they're at. Mm-hmm. So we just talk and we just let things go and we're just you know vetting and, and just communicating um, then from there, it's starting to etch out like, all right, like, where do we want to go? Like, where do you want to go between our next conversation? Whether that's in two weeks, a month, um, or further out, like, what are some realistic ideas? What are some goals then from there? And I think this is where it gets fun is, you know, how are you actually going to execute those goals? So it sounds really fun to say, I'm going to get my Instagram followers up or I'm going to get more downloads in my podcast or whatever. Like, okay, cool. Like you need those metric goals or I'm going to lose five pounds or I'm going to quit my job. Um, those are great things if if that's what you want to do, but then how are we going to actually get there? So before the next meeting, before the next session, before the next call, it's really lining up, you know, anywhere from just three to five things that they can actually go out and execute. Hmm. So I keep the actual number of things low so that we accomplish them. Um, they're not easy. Um, and it always exceeds my expectation that when I set things like the amount that people do up and beyond what we set is really the magic.
0: Where do you start with maybe a client that's just getting started? Or, or say with me, I'm, if I'm a little raw, where, where would you suggest I start?
1: How I start essentially at the beginning of every year is set some, some broader goals for an entire year. Really good things take a long time. So, when I look at my goals, like the monthly goals are a subset of the goals I made for the year, which are a subset of goals that I've made like a long term plan for. And so, the big thing from there, though, I think the number one way to execute in my mind is habituation. So, daily habits. So, to master that Rubik's Cube, I had a timer on my phone 10 minutes a day. And it took me longer than I thought. Maybe I was like, oh, I'll be able to do this in a month. And it took me three months, but I literally did it 10 minutes every day. Now I have that Rubik's Cube next to my bed. I do it once a night before I go to sleep, <laughs> things like that. Like So I create not only do I have my monthly list, but then from that, I literally print out a monthly calendar and I write in the things I have to do every day, whether it's do my mobility routine or my miles I'm running for the marathon. And for me, I'm a pen to paper type guy. So it's literally printed out an Excel calendar. I have a yellow highlight and I highlight all the stuff that I do. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a million apps out there that would work. I'm sure I could create my own app that people would follow and do. But for me, that's the way that works. The best is to print something out, write something down and then check it off. So when I'm working with a client, it's like, Hey, we're going to get to this point by then, um, we have to use something that they can check off one, so that you feel the satisfaction of actually doing it, but also so that we know that you're doing it, Mm -hmm. um, you could say that you're going to try to build your website. And okay, our first call is on the first of the month, and you're going to have it done by the 30th. And if I shoot you a text on the 25th, how's the website going? You're like, holy crap, I haven't even done anything. But if we say 15 minutes a day this month, you're going to work on your website, I'd rather set that goal than to finish it by the 30th and then work on it from the 25th to the 30th, as opposed to work on it every single day. Hmm. So there's a really good book I love um, called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And his entire book is the premise of him writing books. He's a really good fiction writer. This is a nonfiction book about his process to write. And we think of creatives, for example, whether it's a podcaster or a photographer, anybody, even a basketball player uses creativity on the court. But if you looked at Steph Curry, he's working on his handles every single day. He's not saying, "Ah, I'm going to just dribble and like work on Thursdays, like no, or when I feel good, like that's the thing that you hear. Like oh, I'm going to take photos when I feel like I should, or I'm going to start writing when I get inspiration. The entire book is that all of that is called resistance, that you think you need to be in the perfect state to do something. In reality, you need to get the ball out and dribble it every single day. And if you feel off one day, at least you went out and did it. If you're writing, if you sit there and write for 30 minutes, it's better that you wrote something on the page, even if it's garbage, than you didn't write at all. Hmm. So that habituation for me, is the only way in which I, I I do a goal. And I know that when I look back at a month and I didn't finish my books, I'm like, damn, I really only read two or three days a week and all I wrote down was read 10 minutes a day and I just didn't do it. So I look back and I say, all right, I'm going to move on this month. I'm going to put the gas pedal down and I'm going to get after it. So it's not being hard on yourself, but it's also like understanding that you have to do stuff daily to actually make a change.
0: And before we get, I love that. And before we get deeper into like... Uh, Maybe some takeaways we can use. I want to hear like what has this done for you in the macro of the one year, the two year? Like, I could see people like maybe feeling discouraged if they didn't have a good month. But why is I, – I should have probably prefaced with this. Why do you think setting goals in general in multiple aspects of your life yields just a happier, healthier? Because that's what you're about too. It's not just about becoming better because better is a totally. subjective term. But like what – Does this do for your happiness? What does this do for your overall life satisfaction? I I think that's something I would want to know before even getting into this because when things get hard for me, if I have a goal, and I'll have a tendency to you know do really well for a couple weeks, even a couple months, but then there hits a point where, like you said, real resistance hits, and then it's easy to question. Nah, I wasn't even in the right place when I made that goal in the first place. Like that goal was stupid. I'm smarter now. That goal, you know, I talk myself out of why I even want that goal. So for you. What has been a big reason why goal setting in general has been so beneficial to like your overall happiness?
1: Oh, that is, oh, that's, I love that. I want to unpack that question. I got a couple of different things I'm going to dive into. So if I start going super off tangent, just wave your hand <laughs> at me I'll reel you in, brother. <laughs> I got um, you. So there's a couple of things. One, uh, my entire life motto is to have the best day ever every single day. And what I mean by that is that it's your choice to do that. So regardless of what happens to you, whether it was me shattering my collarbone two years ago um, or me doing something awesome, I'm, I'm creating my best day ever because it's a mindset choice. So for me setting goals and writing those down at the beginning of the month and having something to check off and track just shows that I'm on the path. Um, and so there's a couple of things that happen. I know now that I, since I am a coach, and since that I have people that are setting goals that I'm coaching, I need to execute. And so when I look at myself as a coach, I first look at myself as an athlete. And if I am not performing as an athlete first, why would somebody want to follow that person? So I'm set, I'm running a marathon and I'm going to run it in under three hours. That's my goal. That's a seven minute mile, 651 mile. That's a fast marathon for your first one ever. That's brutal. Um, One of my goals to get there was to run my fastest mile ever, which I did actually two days ago at a Nike race, and I ran a 445, so I'm feeling pretty good. Nice. Um, And if somebody can see me doing what it is I'm coaching very well, then I hope that they realize that I can then translate that to the next level. Now, there are great coaches that not necessarily are the best athletes, and there's also vice versa, really good athletes that suck at coaching. So I'm trying to do both of those things. I'm trying to show my athletes or my coaching clients, whoever they may be, that I'm doing this. So when people see those Instagram videos and they see me talking about things that I did last month and things that I didn't and things that I'm trying to do, they can sit there for themselves and be like, all right, same for me. Like I set 10 goals. I did six of them. The other four I'm going to translate to this month. And so they can start to see that. And so I think it's, it's a personal thing for me to continue on this journey and not let off, never let off that gas pedal, and also to show other people that I'm there with them. I'm in the trenches. Like I'm setting my own goals. I'm not this like lofty guy sitting at the top that has all the answers. I honestly really don't have many answers. When I do my coaching calls with clients, I get more inspiration out of it than they probably do. Um, Just to see what they've done, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is incredible. Um, And so there's two parts to it for me. It's the coach and the athlete. Um, and it's doing both of those things together and just knowing that if I do this like when I look at since I started doing those goal sheets about two years ago where my life has gone. I'm like this is a real thing So in the long term you like looking back and the long-term satisfaction
0: is look i built this but for me as a, a, a goal-driven person and someone that does enjoy having systems where I could check boxes. It's how I keep myself accountable how do your goals support your – so your motto is have the best day ever as many days as possible if not every day. How do you make sure that your goals are set up in a way that you're not just checking those boxes for like the, the year ahead, the two year ahead to look back and say, look at all I've done. How do you make sure that your goals are set up in a way that you're enjoying the day-to-day process because that's something I, I, I struggle with. Putting, yeah. Let me put off all my happiness – to that day where I achieve everything. But with this process, there's no, I'm playing devil's advocate because I'm, I I, I resonate with you so much. So it's easy for me to be like, once I achieve my goals, I'm there. But then the goals are never over. So how do you make sure you're setting up goals? they're never over. How do you make sure you're setting up goals that, you know, you're happy day to day, you're having the best day ever.
1: So I think that I'm I'm gonna take that question and spin it just a little bit. I think that the mindset of the best day ever is what helps me along the journey of those goals. Hmm. So one thing that I've done now for the last five years, I'm on my sixth year is this journal that my wife actually got me. That's called the one line a day journal. I love it. If, if we, you can put a link to it or whatever, it's unbelievable. It's this small journal. Every single day is a page. And on that page, you have like five little blocks. So it'd be 2019 of this day and then 2020, the next time you get, and then 2021 and all the way down. So I'm on my sixth year. I'm actually on my second book and I'm coming up on the time five years ago when I decided to sign off every single day with best day ever. And it was right when I was starting live better, right when my life was really shifting from getting out of this corporate world that wasn't for me. pursuing my purpose and saw that that happened this is before i was a goal execution master i was doing all this stuff but i didn't well there was no systems yet there was no like writing them down i was just like crushing every single day but i had that mindset and so that mindset stemmed before all these goals came into play And so I think the approach in which we take to the goals is actually, honestly, like the underlying satisfaction of happiness. Mm. Am I accomplishing, am I writing down a goal to check the box? Am I losing... Ten pounds to fit in a pair of jeans, or to realize that I'll be a healthier individual to then go give back more to other people. Mm. And those things, those motives behind what the goal is, to me, is what you re- where you really find happiness. That's
0: really important. So before you, I, I sometimes can be checking boxes just to make sure I'm checking boxes, but to make sure the goal has some some meaning behind that. I'm gonna take this and move selfishly and just hope that my audience can resonate if that's cool because i uh, i'm all about being genuinely curious. So, let's go to the process now. So, how much time are you taking to set up these goals? How much time are you taking to reflect? Those can be quick answers and then um for someone who has a lot of goals in a lot of different areas, physical, mental, but then also business-wise, business alone, i i feel like i can be spreading myself too thin. So, As a, you know, if you're coaching me on this, what would you say to kind of narrow my goals down? Would you even recommend I narrow my my goals down? And then what's the process begin to look like for me, you know, if I'm just getting into this?
1: Yeah. So my process for goal setting, beginning of the year, um, so probably starting midway through December, I start to think about what I did through the past year Mm. and then start to translate to what I want to get done this year. Honestly, for me, it comes. I'm a very much understanding person that my ideas flow in the morning. So my mornings are always set up to give back to somebody before myself. So I always train a client in the morning, whether it's 5 or 6 a.m. It's the first thing I do, and then I start to think about me. That's just like something that – Ever since I got into training, it's like if I can give back to somebody first before I do anything for myself, I feel really good. Mm, so cool. I always get into a zone in one of these mornings where I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I'm ready, and I crush. That's and cool. I write down all these goals, and then it takes me about two or three weeks to massage those out. So that happens pretty much at the end of every month too where I start to think about what's coming up next. I Honestly, I, I get the goals down pretty fast. Like they just start flowing and, and they're, and they're out on paper. And I'm like, all right, these are the ones I'm going to execute. And the reason I do them a little quicker is because when I get in that flow state, I'm just like, these are great. And I don't want to, I don't want to overthink it. I, I think we overthink a lot and that, and that gets us to be one thing. So yeah, totally. that's different for everybody. Um, but for me, it's like, write them down, think big, um, and then start to like really systemize how they can be accomplished. So For your question about are you spreading yourself yourself too thin, we live in a really interesting time when there's 800,000 ways to do anything and then there's 800,000 different things to do. What I tell people, um, we were kind of chatting about this beforehand too, is give yourself a timeline of where you're going to experiment with things that you want to do. There's no reason to figure out what you wanted to do when you're 25 or 30. That's what, that's what used to happen. Like you used to graduate college, get a job and stick with it until you retired. So why did people want to switch up from that? Because they saw that their grandparents for us, their great grandparents, even some of their parents just weren't happy when they were younger. All they care about was saving in their 401k and retiring. I'd rather live my life now and have to work for a little bit longer to do that. Um, so I think spending some time and trying things out is fine, is awesome. Um, on the counter side of that though, you need to be able to, to track what actually is working. So the one thing that I say is if you're going to start anything, commit to a time that you're going to do it because you will move on to the next thing, because if it doesn't work in a month, you're like, Oh, I need to scramble to the next thing. So if you're going to start something new, you have to give it at least six months to to a year Mm -hmm. to say, I'm going to commit to this fully add it in, move something else out or just expand the amount of time that I'm working. So when I'm working with a client on that, I was like, let's give this six months to a year and go hard at it, like make this your thing. So when you have, you know, the 20 or 30 hours a week, you're going to focus on one thing. That's it. And let's see how it works. Mm. Um, And so I think there is something, there's something valuable in understanding that how you can track things um, and then making sure that at the end of the day, if you're doing it, that you enjoy doing it and you have the ability to really unbiasedly decide if it's working
0: i have trouble with the stick with this for six months part i uh, that's a part that i i i struggle with um how do you think people that are athletes can deal with this maybe they have shorter seasons maybe they only have five months to you know really have their performance let's talk about like the the micro measurables i guess so taking that you you talked about the year i mean my yep. big my big goals give those times if i want if my big goal is to become a better athlete or my big goal right now is you know just have a successful podcast that allows me to spread my message and meet people that's a big goal that's uh, something i can commit myself to for a long for a yeah. long term how do i if i how do i begin to narrow my actionable steps my actionable goals my actionable like things to do now
1: so if i was to say your podcast right i love your big goal so how do we break that down so we break that down first into the mezzo goal and how I would do that I would say these are goals that we should be able to measure and so what I would say for you was okay I need to get um I need to reach out to x number of people a month hmm. I don't care if I hear back if I'm reaching out to LeBron every month hmm. maybe in six years he'll pick up the phone but I'm reaching out to whatever 20 people a month at a minimum so you can you want to check that off that's a valuable check on top of that I am recording X number of episodes a month, I'm reaching out to 20, I'm recording 10. So I have these people in the bank, I'm recording this many, I'm publishing this many a month, I'm publishing six a month. So I always have four extra because if I don't get these recorded ones, I'll have some backup. Then your micro goal, I would start to say is, okay, how do we then measure success from episode to episode? So here's what I would do from a micro perspective. I would say, I want to reach, I want every episode to at least get, say, a thousand downloads a month. I'm going to do whatever it or a thousand downloads an episode. So I'm going to do whatever it's going to take to get there. Whether it's emailing this episode to my grandparents so that they can spread out their retirement home, whether it's Instagram ads for this, like we're going to get that there. Also, I'm going to break down that episode itself. I'm going to make sure I ask these five questions because I always want consistency with my episodes. Hmm. I want to make sure that my viewers are coming in. They're listening to the same understanding that this person's point of view on this question was the same. And again, these are all theoretical examples. Yeah. Um, and then I'm always, always going to be ready for the episode, right? So I'm going to do my due diligence. I'm going to research the individual. I'm going to talk to them beforehand. I'm going to make sure that they have a good setup so that the audio quality is there. Like those are all micro goals that will then Tap into the meso goal, which will then tap into the macro goal. And if that macro goal is five years, then we break the meso down into maybe once a year, and we break those micro downs, you can break those down literally episode to episode, game to game. And when you have that, all you're really tracking is the micro and the meso. And the macro is still living in the back of this just motivation or this like really deep drive. To always say, oh, my gosh, I just got to meet with this epic person. So even if some of those other things didn't happen, right, say you get 800 downloads, but you realize, like, oh, my gosh, I just met with this cool guy that introduced me to three more people that are going to be lit episodes, it was worth it. Mm. So breaking things down into that and then just saying, okay, like this is my shit. I'm a podcaster. Like LeBron James is a basketball player. He does 800,000 other things. But he's not taking a day off from the gym. He's not taking a day off from recovery. He's going, eating all the tacos he can on Tuesdays. He's doing as hard, He's going as hard as he can as a professional basketball player. Hence why, arguably, in my opinion, he's the best basketball player right now. Hmm. Because of the daily effort. And I guarantee his big goals are for his jersey to be hanging next to Michael's in the Hall of Fame. And... He puts in the daily grind. His trainers are checking off the box every single day. He's surrounding himself with the right people every day to keep him on track so that those small goals are met so that by the end of this season, the Lakers might be in the finals.
0: Hmm. It's amazing, man. What are uh, that, that was a selfishly an amazing answer because now I'm just like, my gears are turning, so it's hard to respond <laughs> to that. I hope people can take value out of that. And You're probably not a podcast if you're listening, but take value from the the breakdown of that. That was so methodical and like I, I'm I, literally my girls are turning right now. So what are some things uh, right now? Say I'm a 22-year-old guy who is an athlete and I'm hearing this podcast. What can I do right now? What can I – I have a pen and paper out. I'm like, Brett, this guy talks. He's, these are all like – this is what I want to do. What is the minimum viable product right now? What could I, what could I write down? Um, let's say starting with like, let's not go too macro, but like actionable from medium to small.
1: Uh, I would start right now, create two daily habits that you're willing to execute for the next year Mm. Mm. for a whole year. Wow. No bullshit. I don't care what happens. I don't care if, um, you're tired. I don't care if something happens in your family. Um, I don't care if you're sick gonna do this you're gonna do two things every single day and honestly those things could be as little as a one minute forearm plank hmm. to work physically read five pages of a book text your significant other that you love them anything that you can commit to for 365 days two things I would I would I would even say it should take less than five minutes dude that's such
0: a good piece of advice the those type of habits that I have committed myself to. I don't think I've ever gotten one to go 365 straight, but I, I'd say there's a few habits, one being meditation that I commit myself to, I'd say 345 out of 365. Yep. And and that's been a few years. And doing something like that and committing myself to this tiniest goal that takes five to ten minutes, every like it's a non-negotiable. It's like brushing my teeth. Yep. The macro of that, of a small goal, is is incredible. It's one of the most, it's one of the most amazing things to see the ripple effects. One tiny, tiny thing. If you commit yourself to do it every single day, it accumulates so
1: fast. Yeah. So one, one thing that, uh, I've been doing a lot of research on, which I think really dives into this and I love the brushing your teeth example. So we learned to brush our teeth when we were, could first learn anything, right? You're three years old, you're brushing your teeth and your mom was like, Hey, we do it before we go to bed and we do it when we wake up. So now well, I don't care how old you are. You just, it's just like, it's the thing. You wake up, you brush your teeth and you go on. So why is that a thing? Like, why is that? Like, it's always the thing that everybody says, Oh, I brush my teeth before washing your face, before anything else, because those were all learned a little bit later on. So this is one thing, and this is a really interesting kind of chunk that I've been diving into because I've been learning so much about these habits. And like you said, You've been able to commit to things, but for some reason, even on, you've brushed your teeth every day, hopefully, for the last 365 days. But why have we only meditated 345? Like where, even, even those five or six days, and I, I hold myself to this too. Why have I brushed my teeth every day, twice, for two minutes, four minutes in my day? Why haven't I done anything else every single day? Mm. And it goes back to when we're young. So from, from age zero to seven, is where our subconscious is created. Our subconscious is the way in which our mind initially reacts to everything that happens to us. And you can look at these patterns by look at the way in which your mother and your father move as human beings, their movement patterns, the way they shake hands, the way they say hello, um, the way they give a hug, we replicate those things, right? That's why we look like our parents. If you were raised by somebody else, you would have their mannerisms. You would have their, their thoughts. Also, you have their fears, you have their uh, ability to react to situations well or not. You have their manners. All of those things were essentially given to us before we could even think for ourselves. You're getting shuttled around, you're getting moved around, you don't even know anything really about how the world's working. You're just like going to do this activity, then you're going to basketball practice, then you have choir, then you have tutoring, and it's like that's your life. But within those times, our subconscious is formulated. Now, at whatever age you are, once you pass that age, 85% of the time you do anything, you follow that subconscious. So only 15% of the decisions that you make now are really done of anything you've learned from age seven until wherever you are. So in order to create a new habit, you have to overcome 85% of the way in which your mind processes anything. So it's a hard task. So for example, for me, my mom was a triathlete. She was always, always working out and and eating healthy. And she's gone through ups and downs like crazy with her life, with thyroid conditions, all this stuff. But I was calling her three days ago and she was like, oh, I did my morning swim and I'm going to do yoga tonight. And I've never thought that that was weird until I've met all these other people. And their moms and their dads haven't gone to the gym in 15 years. And then I'm thinking, well, why is this person struggling to work out? It has nothing to do with who they are today, but it has everything to, to, for who they are growing, growing up. A lot of my childhood was spent in the daycare in my mom's gym when she would work out for an hour. I'd sit in the daycare, but I knew she was going to work out. So that was always something that I did. Like we would drive to the gym after school. We'd. Work, work out, I would do my workout, she would do her workout, we'd, we'd pack up and go home. It was just my thing. So for me, if I miss a day in the gym, it's like something inside of me is like something went wrong today. But for somebody else, they might have never had that. And that's just an example. It's the same thing with manners, you know, thanks, hello, like all of those different things. So for somebody then to create a new habit takes a shitload of work. And I think once you register and understand that we have to override, a majority of the way we make decisions to do something new and different, then you can tackle that goal knowing it's not going to be easy.
0: I love that that you have to go into change knowing the, the mountain you climb, that you're facing. It's, it really is fascinating. The subconscious is fascinating. And it's, we have this homeostasis effect where we, we always come back to our baseline. And uh, if we're not aware of that, we could just blame it on external things and the mind has a very tricky way of like like I was saying that I do personally it has a tricky way of talking me out of my goals that I set for myself. And if we're not aware of the the subconscious patterns that we are almost always coming back to our baseline level and that it takes so much effort to to take that baseline level and to make it a different baseline. So for me, three years of meditating most of the year, now it's become something where if I don't like you going to the gym, it's like, oh this is a weird day. What's going on? I'm gonna r I am going to i am not myself today because I'm not meditating. It's become do a habit enough and eventually the habit does you is, is essentially the, a short way of saying like the subconscious has a way of bringing us back. And I did a podcast episode, a solo one, where I talk about this metaphor where it's almost like you see an island and you're, you're at a different island and you have to go against the ocean. And if you're going in a little rowboat and you don't know what the ocean is like, it's just going to spit you right back out and push you back to land. But if you're a good sailor and you know the the tendency of the ocean is to have a current, then you know, okay, I just got to push, 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 and eventually, you know, the water will chill out and I'll get through. And that's kind of like what you're saying with the subconscious. Oh, right. If you don't know, the subconscious is going to try to bring you back to your baseline, bring you back to that same level of land. You're just going to, you're going to be like, well, shit, you know, I'm not made out for this. But if you know, no, this is just how the mind works. This is how the subconscious works. Uh, this is what at least I tell myself is keep pushing, dude, keep pushing. It'll eventually become normal. I want to slowly wrap this up. One of my favorite ways to wrap up is, uh, you're, uh, you're still a young buck, but you, you know, you've been at this for a few years. So my favorite selfish question is assuming you would change nothing. Uh, what is a piece of advice that you would give yourself at
1: age 24? Ooh, 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 it's good. <laughs> Um, wow, twenty four. I was I was I was really starting to grind.
0: Yeah, really starting.
1: Twenty four. Wow, that was such a good year. That was like literally when I started that journal. Like all that stuff is crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I look back and obviously, like you said, there's there's nothing I would I would go at and I would change. Um, I would think that the one thing I would I would give myself the advice of um, so one of my favorite books, which I've read in the last few years, is called The Four Agreements. Mm. Um, Great book. And it's a book. Have you read it?
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, and I suck at two out of the four. <laughs> Every day I suck. At. <laughs> Me too. Um, and it's making assumptions of others um, is one of my biggest ones that um, that I suck at. And so I would have I would have probably read that book for, you know, at 24, because um, I would have then understood kind of what I was just ranting about a little bit more about that consciousness, and just realizing that if it's uh, it's for myself, if it's others, I can't take any of that personally. And I've gone through things where I've, I still take things personally, it blows my mind that I know I shouldn't, And I catch myself doing it so much more now. and being like, all right, take a step back and move on. And and that's been a huge thing. To me, that's like really what meditation is about. It's about coming back to breath. When you move out of it, you come back to it. And that's what that is for me. So really those two agreements is don't take anything personally and don't make any assumptions of anyone else. I've gotten burned a few times. Um, I've put my trust in some people. And I look back, it's like, dude, and my business partner tells me this all the time: if if you're not gonna do it, it's not gonna get done. Hmm. I you, I don't care if you're paying somebody, I don't care if they're your best friend, I don't care if you've been in the trenches with them. If you're not doing it, you can't assume it's gonna get done. So those two things, uh, nothing would have really changed, but I would be, I would have had some more moments of, of clarity and definitely some more understanding of that's just the way the world works.
0: Yeah, you would have been maybe a little detached from that, dude. That's yeah. a, it's really blows my mind that you just brought that up because literally driving today uh, to the gym, I haven't thought. I've read that book years ago, and I had something going on with a client where uh, he finally texted me back, and I was and I was like, "Oh, look at me, Max! Like you were totally jumping to assumptions that he's a dick and that he wasn't gonna do what he said he would, and here he is, he texts me back, and now it's all fine." you just could have saved yourself an hour of suffering. And I was thinking back to that book and being like, well, you know, don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. Just because someone doesn't text back or because they're short with you doesn't mean that they're just trying to be snobby or they don't want anything to do with you. I'm like, maybe they're just busy. So I love, exactly. <laughs> I love that. You I, put just, it I, I always have
1: now just thought like, you know, I've surrounded myself with good enough people yeah. that if they're waiting or something like I don't put any stress on that. Like, maybe they're doing something, maybe they need time. Like I just, for me now, and, but the hardest thing that I would say that the reason that I would have done that is because I always give that energy back. I know I do. So it was just hard for me to realize that I'm not going to always get that back for myself. Yeah. Um, or that, or that
0: people show love in different ways, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, another good book, five love languages. Like there's so many different things like, and I'm glad I've read the books when I did it. And I'm glad I've had the conversations when I've had them and all of that. But, uh, there's just something special about the understanding. And, and as the more and more you educate yourself about just the human being and, and whatever we are, why ever we're here. Um, there's just a value in, in that. And, uh, I think that that's that's really important. And one other thing that I would give, maybe I'm just gonna make up my own question, but if I was giving advice to somebody else that's that age right now, I would say, first, listen to this podcast. Secondly, my favorite TED Talk ever is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And if you are gonna start anything, whatever it may be, you have to listen to that. I'm not even gonna explain what it is because I don't wanna tease it. I don't wanna give anything away. Listen to that before you make any move because you'll really realize if you're doing it for the right reason. And that to me is everything. That's why Live Better has grown is because of the reason in which we're doing it, not what we're doing.
0: I love it, man. That's a great way, place to start. Great place to send people. Where else can we send people? You got a lot of things going on. I want people to, to be able to connect with you in the pod and everything you got going on. So where can totally we put so,
1: We got a bunch of stuff. Uh, Website is livebetterco.org, livebetterco.org. Everything's on there. Uh, We have a podcast that we're we're cranking out. We have two retreats a year. One is in November in El Salvador. Uh, We only got eight spots left. So hopefully by the time this show airs, we only have five spots left. Uh, And then we get a couple more people to sign up for it. Uh, Really excited about that. Those are just – those are everything. We bring everything together in one week and just have the most unreal week. We've had the coolest results from – people that have come on those, whether it's changing jobs, starting careers, meeting new people, uh, meeting roommates, getting in and out of bad relationships or good relationships. Those are, those are, uh, those are incredible. And then Instagram is uh live better co. So we're always posting on there. Uh, trying to kind of dash the line between motivation and inspiration so that people actually go out there and do something. Um, and yeah, so we're just excited to always have the best day ever, always doing one-on-one coaching. So, if anybody wants to, to dial it up a notch and, and wants to reach out, always down for that as well.
0: Cool, brother. I appreciate you joining me, joining me on the podcast, man. I took a ton out of this, so I appreciate yeah, for you. Sure, we'll All do right, it, Max. Thanks so much, brother. All right, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just a few more things before you go. If you like the podcast, please leave me a review on the Apple iTunes app. And if you really like the podcast, take a screenshot, share it to Instagram. That helps me. Grow the podcast organically, and that really helps me just be able to say, "Hey, say thank you," uh, and uh, and just show some gratitude to you personally for supporting the podcast. If you're interested in starting a podcast of your own, I get so many questions about how do I start a podcast. Um, it's really crazy; it blows my mind how many of you guys are starting your own podcast. Uh, so I put together some resource materials. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram if you're interested in getting those materials and starting your own podcast. Uh, I finally just put something together for you guys, for all the people asking. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. So many good stuff. So many good stuff. So many good things coming. uh, And I appreciate and love you guys. Peace.